This is my daily prayer. It's the prayer of St. Pillar out of Moscow. O Lord, grant me to greet the coming day in peace. Help me in all things to rely upon your holy will. And every hour of the day, reveal your will to me. Bless my dealings with all who surround me. Teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul and with the firm conviction that your will governs all. In all my deeds and words, guide my thoughts and feelings. In unforeseen events, let me not forget that all are sent by you. Teach me to act firmly and wisely without embittering or embarrassing others. Give me the strength to bear the fatigue of the coming day with all that it shall bring. Direct my will. Teach me to pray. Pray you yourself in me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Great. So, God lover Kyle here. Hi. (laughs) Today we're with none other than Dasha Nekrasova. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Um, When I first had this idea to do the podcast, I was like, obviously, I need to reach out to you. Yes. Um, And I guess something that listeners may not know is that we've been mutuals online for a very long time. We've been friends for mad long. Yeah. So uh, like like through Brooke Schneider, probably. Yeah. Who is a ceramicist and you should look up her ceramics. You should definitely look up Brooke Schneider. Shout out Brooke. Because I was friends with Brooke um, when I lived in San Francisco. I think that's where you went to college. I went to college in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. We never really talked in real life, honestly, for more than like five minutes. Yeah. 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 Unless I guess I did do that project, that Shark Tank project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Which if you're listening, you could go to Amazon and like look up Shark Tank reenactment. Dasha's in it. I play Lori. You play Lori Grenier Mm -hmm. from Shark Tank. So it's QVC Queen. Yeah. I am kind of like a video artist, too, but that's not what the podcast is about that's not what the pod's about it's about god all things god and just you know getting different perspectives from different people how they relate to their spiritual side with you you've i guess kind of become well for people who don't know who you are i guess right Mm -hmm. you're an actress a director a podcast host and um an eastern catholic an eastern catholic yeah and um you may, if you're listening, you may recognize Dasha from the hit television series on HBO called Succession. Mm-hmm. I feel like such a moment for you. That was to, major for me. Yeah. yeah. That was a real blessing. When you accepted that award on television, <laughs> right in the center, I was like, wow, this is a moment. At the SAG Awards. Yeah. yeah I was doing a Instagram takeover of actor selectuals. Because I was knew I was going to the SAG Awards, so it was really, it felt really. I'm also a shit poster, mm-hmm. you know, and I have been really my whole life, and that's really my vocation. I feel so it was really grounding to be able to kind of shit post through the SAG Awards, right? And then to the height of even accepting an award on stage, like you were really in it, getting yeah. to yeah. <laughs> cover it right from the center, kind of. <laughs> It was crazy, yeah. That's so cool. Um, people really made fun of uh, some of my facial expressions. I and mean, speculated that I was on some kind of uh, 
stimulant substance but i was i was definitely like <laughs> off that champagne but i was really just spazzing because i like couldn't believe like what was happening yeah i couldn't believe will smith like looked me in the eyes and said like congratulations you yeah know? I was like what is i going mean on? that's a drug just being on yeah. that, that level of a stage just making eye contact with will smith yeah That'll... my god <laughs> blessing or a curse probably a blessing it was before the slap it was before the slap so that wow. then, then when the slap Pre- happened i was like Whoa. oh my god pre-slap eye contact <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah the different will smith yeah i definitely relate to being like a terminally online person like since really young and i do yeah. believe it affects my my whole brain chemistry and why yeah. i am the way i am i just can't help it same you know and why resist it kind of is how i feel sometimes if i feel called to i'm you, gonna post mm-hmm. you know so before i guess we get into like your history with faith and your family's mm-hmm. faith and where you're at with it now you're, let's talk about, I guess, your calling. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you have a God-given purpose? Or, like, that must be one of your callings, then, just to post? Yeah. <laughs> posting is definitely part of God's plan for me, mm-hmm. I think, at least until it's not, you know. Until I it's think. not, right. One day, maybe he'll give me the grace to stop posting. Yeah. But he hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But I do, I mean, I have a vocational approach to kind of acting and I'm, yeah. like my life has really... How you mediate yourself. Yeah. And my life does feel very blessed in this way that I like, and I was like struggled for so long prior to moving to New York and starting the podcast and everything. I feel lucky to be able to do the things that I do. So I try to like trust that like if I... Yeah, approach things like vocationally with like a Christian value system. Yeah, that like God will steer me in the direction that he wants me to be steered, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good message for people because I also felt, feel similarly like I've struggled or felt cursed even that, you know, nothing would ever go my way or something or that I'll always be foiled or, or perhaps like can't like actualize my desire or something yeah well acting and acting is such a like struggle Mm -hmm. you know it's a fickle kind of it's you uh, like you have you all i think actors are already have to be so prone to kind of like mm, failure failure humility humility for sure humility it's very embarrassing i find something actors like to say is rejection is god's protection that's right (laughs) i forget you have to tell yourself that otherwise you'll yeah it'll take a toll on your self-worth totally i i forget what it was like some actress got turned down you want to hit this yeah Yeah. i forget which actress it was it was like an actress in a very oh millie bobby brown she auditioned to be in games of thrones or whatever yeah and they didn't cast her but then she was cast in Stranger Things. And if she mm-hmm. was cast in Games of Game of Thrones, then yeah. that wouldn't have happened, you know, but she felt very rejected and disheartened by it. But it's kind of was like, okay, you're not you're not gonna be in this project, but it opens you up into other paths. You that never you wouldn't know. know exactly. You never know like what Yeah. I and- mean I I auditioned actually for a part in the second season of Succession that I didn't get. Mm. That was just like a bit part. Uh-huh. Um 
And then had I gotten that, I wouldn't have been in the third season in the part that I did have, which right. I which, I which fits you really well. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like in those moments when you are rejected from a role, is it harder to have faith, or do you ever feel like, you know, unsure about your no, path? I, I haven't in a long time. When I was yeah. younger, definitely. Yeah, especially um, before you're booked. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they pin you. Which means they, like, might cast you, but they, like, are sort of, like, holding you on a veil. Um, And I was pinned um, for a show once for, like, it might have been less than this, but it felt like months, you know? It was, Mm -hmm. like, and every day I woke up with this feeling of, like, wow, I could, like, get this. Today could be the day that I find out that I get this role that, like, changes my life and, like, Mm -hmm. living every day with that uncertainty and then not getting it. Yeah. that It was, like devastating Mm -hmm. but that was years ago and i was like that's just not a sustainable way to you know live so i take it all real i like when i audition for stuff i um i don't like over invest yeah Um, like too soon obviously and so much about it's like i think a lot of actors their ego gets really wrapped up in like booking yeah and i really trust like if I'm right for something, then I'll be cast in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not it's not really a reflection necessarily of my like acting ability or worth as a person. Right. It's just sort of like because I think with when people watch audition tapes and mm-hmm. I learned this from directing, actually, because mm-hmm. when I was casting mm-hmm. my film, um, I had some actors tape for it. And like when I was watching their tapes in my like tenement shithole apartment for my like retarded movie that i wrote like on adderall Mm -hmm. you know and just being like oh her eyes are too big you know and just like cycling through these people and then thinking about myself being in that right position where like i'm pouring my heart and soul into something that like someone's gonna look at for one second and be like she's just not right for it right you know yeah it's not personal really it's just that either you work or you don't from the director's point of view yeah exactly right exactly so and there's so many variables yeah so you kind of you kind of use your faith in your job by just no like detaching from the outcome kind of and knowing that what's meant for you will come kind of my agent asked me a couple months ago and he hated that the way I responded but he said what do you want you know for your career and I said like I want whatever God wants me to have <laughs> amen <laughs> I, that, and that I really do feel that way or try you know mm-hmm. try to keep that in mind because it is hard not to get you know there's a balance I guess between being the vessel for God and then knowing what you want and going for it I guess but it's I don't know. Well, the world is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamentally, it's an earthly care. Yeah. You know, that's true. Which we try to set aside. Yeah. But we can't ignore as if it doesn't exist, I exactly. guess. Right. Yeah. So we, everyone grapples, has to grapple with that in their own ways, I guess. Totally. And sometimes faith in God is a great way. A lot of people are godless and they suffer people. from it. <laughs> yes. I would say. <laughs> yeah and they become i don't know bitter maybe something i should mention is we just went to church together yes and the priest mentioned bitterness in the heart and Mm -hmm. to try to rid the bitterness by seeing god in all people kind of yeah um but yeah so we just went to church um it was great i've never been so 
what so, is we, your faith i guess is a good question I am a byzantine catholic also known as like a greek catholic in my case i'm like a uh, slovak ruthenian greek catholic but in the byzantine right <laughs> like, <laughs> it gets the, pretty specific is the, is the formal like uh right that i was chrismated into right and that is where i practice my faith by attending divine liturgy which is like the eastern christian right mass. and you do mass every week or liturgy every week mm-hmm. okay i nice. fulfill my sunday obligation or try or try to yeah wow um so you're de- you're kind of devoted to the I'm church a pra- i'm a practicing you're a practicing catholic yeah catholic so being eastern and I was trying to research Eastern Orthodoxy before meeting with you because I was raised Roman Catholic and that is yes. kind of all I know, more or less. And when I was researching Eastern Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy, mm-hmm. made it seem like it is not Catholic. Like it is, there's Catholic, there's like Roman Catholic and there's Eastern, Eastern Orthodox and mm-hmm. like Eastern Orthodox isn't Catholic, but it is, It they just well, it's small C Catholic. Small C Catholic. Right? It's like Catholic means all of them. Sure. So okay. Prior to the schism, they were Catholics. It was all Catholics. All Catholics up to a point. And then there was a schism, the East-West schism, mm-hmm. um, where Orthodoxy happened. And then there were more schisms within, within Orthodoxy. Obviously, Byzantine Catholicism in terms of its, like, theology and uh, religious practices is basically like uh, Greek or Russian Orthodoxy. Uh Um, They also do the Divine Liturgy. Uh Um, I really like this convent outside of Minsk uh, in Belarus called St. Elizabeth that Uh does, like, that's Orthodox, but they do a Divine Liturgy live stream that I find Mm. to be very soothing. Cool. Yeah, they're... They're, it's like different, but it's not like Protestant. No, it was all Catholic. Is yeah. The thing. And the liturgy that we did was written by St. John Chrysostom actually in the 5th century. So it's okay. even older. It doesn't seem that way because it's in English, right? Right. Usually when people think about like a reverent or like traditional or liturgy, approach. they think about like Latin masses or like right. things in Old Church Slavonic. Right. But the thing about the divine liturgy was that it was always intended to be done in the language of the parishioners i see it's a very like popular so that you could yeah so you understand yeah i mean that kind of i get that mm-hmm. i feel like when we just went to liturgy i was trying to think like you know compared to mass in liturgy you literally sing every response but yeah. in mass you don't unless it's like a special mass where everything is sung and that happens maybe a few times a year well, you so I was baptized Roman Catholic, but not really raised in the faith. I okay. never attended masses like growing, growing up. up. Um, I think because we moved to America when I was a kid, it, yeah. there was just like a huge language barrier. And my mom was nominally vaguely practicing Catholic, but couldn't really find a church that was like okay. appropriate. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't really raised in roman catholicism and when i found Mm. the eastern rite i felt much more at home there because of my like ethnic roots yeah and my priest was very like welcoming to me i think partially among like 
uh, ethnic lines. He gave right. me he gave me this book called Our People that's about um, Carpatho Rusins, mm. uh, which refers to like Slovak, Czech, Belarusian, some Polish people are like considered mm. Carpatho Rusins. Okay, so it's very niche ethnic kind of yeah. Catholicism stuff that that you just drawn to because you because you fit in obviously and my, ethnically yeah and my father's side of the family was orthodox but obviously in the soviet union no one was really anything right we're godless and yeah. suffered for it yeah um jesus um, so it felt it felt right it just of. felt right for for, for me yeah. yeah it felt like a good way to practice my faith um I start in 2019. I was like becoming interested in Catholicism again. Okay. And I was attending like Latin masses at Holy Innocence in Midtown. And I was sort of like the first wave of like Tradcath online (laughs) stuff. I was sure. I was was very like gripped by. Yes. And so I was going to these Latin masses, but they weren't really hitting. And then I actually hadn't been to like a Novo Sordo mass, Mm. which is probably like what you were raised in yeah i like that mass Mm -hmm. for me it feels really comfortable because you grew up because i grew up in it yeah Yeah. exactly like yeah my family culturally is italian american and i do feel like for me being catholic is cultural as well or yeah in a sense so that it's like makes sense like i still really identify with like my family's faith just because it makes me feel very connected to uh deeper sense of self and history basically right and it does make Mm. me feel very really good um i don't and so yeah i did i basically attended mass until i was 18 and i sang at mass every week because i love singing so you sang at divine liturgy yeah i love singing you sang very well thank you yeah i followed along really well at the divine liturgy i felt like it's not dissimilar to catholic to like regular Catholics, like a Roman Catholic approach, except there are some things I noticed, like the priest facing away from the audience or Mm -hmm. the congregation. Very cool. Well, that was something that was um, changed um, after the Second Vatican Council. They changed the mass Mm -hmm. um, as well as like some of like the priest ordination rites and stuff. And um, my issue sort of with, with, vatican ii and i I don't want to get too autistic into the set of a kansas position or whatever but um is i feel like it fundamentally tried to make catholicism less like superstitious it sort of demystified it Mm. and i feel like when the priest does face the people there is something about it's because it's not about i don't want to see i'm not there to see the priest i'm there to see god you know yeah i feel that a little bit i understand the 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 priest, so when I went to Mass growing up, actually I always attended what was known as children's Mass. And so it was specifically tailored towards children. And the homily would be spoken in terms that children can understand. Wow. And it was very, it's a little bit more granola this way. It's a little bit more like American. So American. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I am attracted mostly to the ritualistic, the symbolic, mm-hmm. the images. And then the stuff that became a little too secular was always put a really bad taste in my mouth. Like, well, that America is a Protestant country, so that influences in That's American true. It's like Catholic- inflected in, in American Catholicism very much. I think, yeah. Um, With Orthodoxy, it's a very small minority of Catholics in America or Orthodox and in the world. 
um, compared to how many are Roman Catholic. You I, mean East? You mean Eastern uh, Christian? Or yeah, you no, call no. It. Well, they were very so. I'll just give a little Go. history. Yes. In 1646, mm-hmm. um, there was something called the Union of Ujharad, which okay. is a town in Eastern Europe, okay. um, where basically a sect of, of Orthodox bishops sort of joined the Catholic Church, mm. entered into communion with Rome, mm-hmm. signed this document that said that they would be Catholic, they would be in communion with Rome, um, they would be part of the one true faith, but they can retain their liturgy, their spiritual practices, and elect their own bishops. Mm. Um, and their priests can be married. That's a big difference in the mm-hmm. Eastern Rite, is that um, priests um, can be married... Um, to bef- women. Yes. You can- <laughs> to women. <Yeah. laughs> cool. Um, they don't have to be celibate necessarily. So those were sort of the big. Um, they were like, here are some things we we're gonna do a little different. Like, sign yeah, off on this. And Rome said okay. And over, you know, since then there have been. I really like to read sometimes. Um, there's a really great papal encyclical by Leo the Thirteenth called Orientalium Dignitas. Okay, where he's sort of talking about how the Eastern Rite. How much res- it's just like him kind of pandering to Eastern Catholics, being like, "We have so much respect for you. You're the flowers of the church. Like we would never Latinize you. You know, mm. it's like um, lip service or no? <laughs> I mean, sure, but they. That's like what a good pope should do is yeah. like try and keep these people within the unity of of the church. Sure, sure. respect um, respect them. And the yeah. Yeah. Cause the goal is to heal the schism. Okay. You know, and I think that Catholicism is the one true faith is the church that Christ founded. It's true. I think like all the schisms within orthodoxy are just evidence that it isn't like mm. a universal faith that it really quickly gives way to like nationalism. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm noticing with orthodoxy and Eastern Catholicism that, it has more than Roman Catholicism. It's like the church of these countries, almost like the Romanian yeah. and the X, Y, or Z. And it, it becomes, becomes a national when... kind of a part to it. Yeah. Whereas as we were just saying, like you can have like an ethnic experience of your faith, but still be in like one, one kind of yeah. apostolic, holy Catholic yeah, church. Yeah, we believe in one apostolic, holy Catholic church. Yeah. True. I feel like maybe the Roman Catholic Church could take some cues from the Eastern Catholic Church with like regard to marriage and stuff like that because there it seems like there is some like people like kind of want priests to like you know get married and stuff and not to have not to be, be so strict to not be pedophiles to not be, yeah like essentially <laughs> to not be gay pedophiles. Yeah, ex- ex- essentially yes exactly that yeah yeah that's a it huge problem nice. in roman catholicism yeah that there yeah there's i mean the, we, we just don't have the same numbers right but there's as far as i know like basically no it's reduced sexual abuse within the you know yeah seems like the way to go to the byzantine mind. right i yeah. mean i don't know it's you know it's not my place to say <laughs> right i guess but so then in america yeah uh around the late 19th century okay um there was a byzantine priest um from slovakia named alexis toth who came to america 
uh, and he was a widower. He had been married, but his wife was, had died. And there weren't any Byzantine bishops in America yet. So he had to go to a Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. Irish Catholic bishop named John Ireland mm-hmm. to ask him for faculties. And John Ireland was very racist towards um, Eastern European people. He thought it was really weird that this widower was a priest. Um, <laughs> they had a huge like blowout fight. Oh God! Alexis Toth ends up going to an Orthodox priest to get faculties, converting to Orthodoxy, and then converting something like a hundred thousand Byzantine Catholics to to Orthodoxy in America. Wow! So that's partly why our numbers are so low, uh-huh. is because a lot of Byzantine Catholics became Orthodox, like in the at the turn of the century oh so they um <laughs> and byzantine catholic is not orthodox catholic byzantine catholic is not ortho well, there's no orthodox catholic orthodox oh, okay. is just orthodox catholic. yeah okay it's orthodox kind of like just isn't catholic it's okay. like a schism okay but you can be catholic Eastern Catholic is somewhere between orthodox and catholic or no yes eastern eastern catholics <laughs> are typically in the case of the byzantines former orthodox Mm. Christians who joined into communion with Rome. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It There's kind of really... like some back and forth with these two. With within after the schism happened, people got converted. There's yeah different ways. Yes, exactly. I'm seeing what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. And okay, got it. Um, and my priest told me when he was considering entering priesthood, you you know you ask yourself like why not orthodoxy. And he was like, well, my whole family's been Catholic. Mm-hmm. It goes back to, yeah, the, the apostolic <laughs> succession, the one true church. It's like... It's hard to deny you that. You just got to be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, but, I couldn't imagine being Christian and not being Catholic, me personally. Same. Like, same. I like, yeah, I mean, and, you know, as, as annoying as, like, online tradcaths and stuff are, mm-hmm. can be, it's like... When people are like, it's much weirder to convert to orthodoxy or some strain of like Protestantism to me. Yeah, same. Because it feels almost like arbitra- arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you have this great like yeah. one true church. People are really online anyway, seem obsessed with the idea that like people are still Catholic or something or that our generation or whatever we're the same age would like choose to stay Catholic or like join into Catholicism. But it's just Mm -hmm. like, this has been happening for millennia. Uh, It's not necessarily a trend in my mind. Like how many people are actually, and then how many people are actually converting to Catholicism? Like a very small amount. Like in real life. Literally, I meet like I'm it's the like only you. person I know that like, yeah. So it's and like my boyfriend, people like, are me. really blowing it up online, making it seem like you started your, like at, I've been contacted personally front for I need God mm-hmm. people who are want to write pieces about Catholicism trending yeah. or God trending. Same. And I usually say, yeah, I'll do your piece with you. But I'm like, do you mean Catholicism is trending or do you mean Dasha Nekrasova is a christened eastern catholic (laughs) like because it's like i don't see this trend online i don't necessarily see the trend i guess the trad cath thing kind of got a foothold that word is like yeah and you were saying like part of the reason you were drawn originally in like 2019 Mm -hmm. toward exploring catholicism was this concept of trad cath online well literally uh catholics on twitter were like come to latin mass like begging me to go 
telling me they were praying for me. I was like having a really hard time in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I felt very embraced by this like community of young Catholics who, you know, were practicing the Latin mass and stuff. But ultimately, you know, in there in Roman Catholicism, there's something called RCIA, which is like a formal conversion program that adults enter to like, Oh, um, and I was baptized as a baby, but because I was never confirmed or had never received communion. Oh my God. You had never received communion as a kid? No. You didn't have a first Holy Communion? No. Oh. Never, no. That would have been so good for you. I know. I know. <laughs> but, uh. Especially because I was so baptized as like a I was like I had the most baptized vibe like I was like <laughs> would hear bells and be like God's calling me like I really was like a very spiritual little tuned, yeah obvi- Pisces mm-hmm. I looked at your chart before meeting tonight oh. today to see how you could be more why you're spiritually inclined yeah yeah and intuitive and stuff well that makes um, sense and there's a lot in your chart we don't have to really go you've into done it. my chart before yeah yeah but i didn't i don't remember so i had to look at it and i was like okay like pisces rising with zero degrees pisces sun and one degree pisces rising is like very interesting because pisces is the last sign of the zodiac mm-hmm. and it's about the subconscious and the undoing of things yeah. And then um you have like a 12th house Mercury and Saturn and that's the house of the subconscious. Wow. And it's trying Pluto in your ninth house which is a, which is a very deepening aspect to have. So it makes sense that even as especially when we're kids too like you're on the precipice of life and death when you're a kid and you see things that you don't when you're a yes. matured person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like spiritual and religious stuff I think as a kid like for me, anyway, I was the same way. I'm. Well, did you see that little boy at church today who was like collecting mm. he with the basket? Yes, so um, cute. He, his mother brings him there because Eastern Christian. So anyway, going back to the Latin masses. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'll this will circle back to it. So cool. Um, I'm sort of being discouraged from even going to confession or receiving. Um, communion until I undergo like RCIA and I was sort of like well I'm just never gonna do RCIA you know Mm. I just know I'm not going to like enter a program where you have to like go to school kind of for it yeah and I I am like studious and stuff and do like I ended up undergoing yeah chrismation with my priest Mm -hmm. um when I started going to my church and he and that was something that we just did I met with him once a week for six weeks we discussed like you know the basic tenets of what it you know yeah. it would entail to be a practicing catholic and my faith and everything yeah um and that to me just made so much more sense and rcia in retrospect was such an impediment to me like having a spiritual life and i mm-hmm. i think unfortunately it probably is for a lot of people mm-hmm. and kind of pushed you towards where you are now like realizing maybe that's not for me in this other way is yeah and i think if i had undergone it i would have felt i would have felt like i was maybe larping because i was kind of maybe doing something that was more exactly. Itali- roman than exactly I w- and i don't think it's good to feel like you're larping at church you should feel belonging yeah like truly and in my practice i do feel that way just because it's I feel like a lot of my personality even is informed by attending church every week until I was basically an adult. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it just like becomes part of you. When people accuse me of LARPing, I'm like, I, uh, 
underwent us it would have been it'd be crazy for me to do what i do like to I go mean, to church every week and have undergone like a sacramental <laughs> chrismation process as like some elaborate larp like just say you think i'm crazy if like that's really what you want if that's what I you mean, mean i also do believe that like for instance when you say something as a joke there are so many times you could say as a joke before it's not a joke right mm-hmm. like you could I remember saying YOLO as a joke and then not one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like through practices of faith, like in a church, I think some people are intimidated that they like have to know something or even believe something in order to be in a church. But I almost think, I do think that the repetition of it, mm-hmm. even if you're like, it's, there's a point where it's not a LARP, even if you started LARPing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think I did start kind of when I was going to Latin masses. I like at that point, because I had never gone to mass, I had never gone to like a new mass growing up or anything. I didn't right. even realize what a mass was or how a Latin mass was different. Yeah. It was in like some creepy language I didn't understand. I was wearing a veil. I was really thinking a lot about how I looked in the veil, you oh, know, yeah. and like it was i was kind of yeah like performing yeah really kind of rudderlessly kind of i don't know trying grasping for something but really not feeling like i yeah um, belong belong yeah. yeah when i was like singing in mass growing up i was a teen atheist i don't know if you were if yeah you, yeah <laughs> i remember yeah being like, being like four, i'm an atheist 14 yeah like standing at the top of like the staircase and being like mom <laughs> I've decided I don't believe in God. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same experience. I remember telling my mom in the car, like, mom, just so you know, I don't think I believe in God. Mm -hmm. And she being like, okay. And I was like, but I still went to mass every week, right? And sang. Yeah. So this had a very interesting Mm -hmm. mental effect on me. Wow. And um, I would sing from the altar and lead the song. So I would be singing the songs, which I think are a lot better in Roman Catholicism than at the Mass we would do, at least. Like, they oh, have melodies yeah. and an organ player. It's basically chanting in the it's Divine, liturgy, chanting, in the divine chanting. liturgy. Yeah, yeah it's not... It's um, very, like, a lot of people, granola, I would call it, or, like, 60s. I guess Vatican II happened in the 60s. Yes, exactly. There's a very, like, 60s inflection where you're basically singing folk songs Mm -hmm. almost, but they're really, like, it got into my heart from singing them so often, obviously. So on one hand, where I don't believe in God or whatever, on the other hand, I'm singing these songs from my own, trying to make them them true from my own perspective and finding the truth in them and stuff. Uh And I think that planted the kind of seeds for me to be like, um, you know, this is something that like it became a part of an undeniable part of me. And I came back to God eventually. When did you come back to God? It's a good question. Like, I think probably in my, I've always been obsessed with God, I guess, and death and stuff like that. I feel like even when I was an atheist or whatever, I was never really an atheist yeah i like Like it kind of like it's just like there are some ideas of god and people have a really hard time like creating their own idea i guess of god like for me god is real but like in a way it could never explain to you in words do you know what i mean it's not like for me an image of a man in a sky looking down or something it's like a living kind of order like something from the beyond like for me it's very like 
Yeah. Um, Woo-woo almost. Well, the Trinity is very, for me, Mm. major. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're they're all God, but they're all different. Yes. And they all, they're, you know... But all also the same because they yeah. are all God. Yes. Um, and in that sort of like the dialectical turn of the Trinity or whatever, I feel like you kind of that's as close as you can get to kind of explaining. It's approximating. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's people to me. It, yeah. I think it's very esoteric. There's esoteric parts and like archetypal and um some all these symbols and in Catholic faith and just like ways of relating through images and words and movement and song Mm -hmm. that are just like powerful beyond like any literal kind of for me any or like kind of just like a flat way of seeing it. Well, think about something I think about with the divine liturgy, right? The Mm -hmm. mystical supper Mm -hmm. is that this was a ritual that was performed you know by christ himself by christ himself and then but the liturgy itself like since the fifth century like think Mm. of and when you do it when you enter into when you receive communion Mm -hmm. you enter into the the living body with the body of the church all of the saints Mm -hmm. everyone who's ever done it before like you really are a part of this it's amazing it's like the eucharist really is like such the bread a, of life it's crazy i mean because i never and i never received as, as a child or anything so i never had like it's very um mystical for me mm-hmm. and yeah. very like because i never had i never like was an atheist who was still going to mass and like receiving me? it casually or whatever yeah no i mean everybody no, does I like that. ccd even <laughs> i mean 70 percent of catholics in america don't believe that that's the body of christ like if you ask them they'll be like no it's yeah. just like a cookie i guess <laughs> i like... mean and like you i mean it's nice to believe in it but i i do believe you don't have to actually believe anything to to be it for in my opinion i know some people would disagree but to me it's not about belief as much as just doing it and like by the in my mind anyway like the act of doing it is it's maybe not fully enough, but really close to almost enough. And that you could, you're on the verge of like clicking over into that experience never, of the divine. Yeah. You never know, you know, mm-hmm. like when I observed Lent this year, which was sort okay. of my, how I, what did you sacrifice for Lent this uh, year? Drinking. Okay. So you're a drinker. Eat, sometimes. Eating Taco Bell. Eating Taco Bell. Which I was doing a lot. It's really um, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes good. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was like kind of addicted to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And I was like definitely, I mean, just drinking like very mindlessly. You know, okay. like I would just go out to dinner, have three drinks, like a couple of times a night, like, or mm. a week, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and like, I just gave up drinking whatever for 40 days. Okay. Um, Which. That was your first time doing Lent yeah cool yeah um and then i was going to confession and i talked about this with my priest when i was undergoing chrismation but i was Mm. like sometimes you know i like get in you know i see you for confession and i'm saying you know i feel like i'm like just doing the same things it's like shocking me how quickly i can fall from grace Mm. um when i first went to confession Mm -hmm. um because i never went as a child oh my god so scary they made me do it in like 
I actually went to Catholic school until first grade. I just remembered. And I, I don't remember when they make you do the sacrament of confession, but I was so young. It's so funny. Like something, little kids go in there. Yeah. And that's something I think about with like, when I think about rearing like a Catholic family, mm-hmm. I do wonder about like psychologically adverse effects of, you know, yeah. certain <laughs> aspects of Catholicism on, on children and sure. stuff. I mean, yeah. Um, which is partly, I think, why I can be so fervent in my faith now. Right. You know, that relationship. A lot of people who are raised in Catholicism can't because I'm like, I don't have all of this like psychologically racked baggage about (laughs) about it. About what happened. I made a general confession. I like sat down. I prayed a ton. I like wrote down everything that I had done my my life, basically, that I could remember, you know? Yeah, because you've never confessed. you got to get it all clear. you got to say all of them. So I did that. And then really, and then I found myself like feeling proud of myself. I was, I, I got, I got very scrupulous during okay. Lent. Like, I think also because I wasn't drinking, I had all this extra like <laughs> mental space, <laughs> mental space and energy to like be really scrupulous. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I was like, I can't, I'm so proud of myself for being in the state of grace. I've like lost it already. That's, that's really <laughs> it. Like. I was listening to some like podcast recently about Catholicism and there's some guy, I forget what guy was talking about, but he was really, he had really cool ideas about Catholicism and he was talking about pride being like the worst of the, it's the worst of the worst. And that like how easy it is to like feel pride for something like that. And then yeah, you immediately are fallen. (laughs) Cause Satan fell from heaven because he was proud what was he proud of? He was just, he thought he was better, like the best than, the better than God or whatever. And that's, so that was like, that's like Satan's sin was, was fundamentally pride. pride. You could say the same about Adam and Eve, right? That they like felt like they, uh, they disobeyed God. They disobeyed God because of their pride. Um, mm. But there's a great quote from St. John Climacus that's like, uh, yeah, like satan was an angel who fell from heaven for being prideful and you think you can get into heaven without being like having humility mm. you know and it's like it underscores the importance of like humility in a christian's life yeah i think and that's why pride is it's hard to practice and mm-hmm. yeah it's this becoming lowly kind of or like down low like humility like dirt yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think actors are kind of we were talking about mm. shia labeouf sure yeah because shia labeouf is catholic now his conversion um but i think actors yeah are kind of primed for that Mm -hmm. experience of being humbled and Mm. kind of humiliated constantly yeah (laughs) you really put yourself on the line and you know your image and i would say your spirit is captured in the camera and transformed into a different dimension and becomes an artifact of human life and there's something very like i don't know and there's a risk you have to take to an actor it's It's, very vulnerable yeah it's annoying to even say but it is a kind of like soulful work (laughs) yeah it's an operation of the soul right you become a vessel kind of for a vision beyond that's not even your own necessarily or a collaborator yeah in in your spirit a vessel yeah something someone else's will yeah Um, and imagine if you didn't have god or religious practice and you're opening yourself up like that all the time and then had no like ultimate great thing to be open to then 
a lot of actors are troubled obviously because of that absolutely yeah because there's so much ego there's so much like up um, and down and yeah drama drama exactly (laughs) very dangerous yeah there's um um, uh because i read a lot of like orthodox spiritual spiritual texts obviously because there's a lot of overlap with being a byzantine catholic but um, okay i read in like a treasury of russian spirituality once um some like orthodox priest wrote a thing about yeah how actors um had to be really like only not everyone could be an actor basically like it was like this is a really like dangerous profession and Mm. catholicism has never formally condemned like drama you know Mm. but it's but it's been there's definitely a lot of saints who have been like this is like a pagan like um Uh evil thing Points were made. Points were made. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. You have to be very spiritually vigilant, I think, if you're an actor. That's a good point. I think so. I would hope so, too. Because another thing I'm kind of came to mind is like how some actors have Scientology, I guess. Oh, yeah. But then some actors like you who are leading the way, some actors have Catholicism. Is that do you see a relatedness to like... I guess like Scientology to me seems like a fa- a Hollywood faith that's kind of created out of the necessity of, you know, actors needing a faith kind well, of. Well, the real religion of Hollywood is Judaism. Oh, it's Jews. Judaism. You know, they really run the, do run the, it's a very Jewish industry. That's true. I didn't even think um, of that. And in that way, there was in the early days Less of, of-, of Hollywood, there was a conflict between kind of Catholics and, and Jews and Jews won. Okay. Because the Catholics imposed something called the Hayes Code. I don't know if you've heard about. No. Um, yeah, there's like pre-code Hollywood movies that are generally mm. um, accepted as being kind of like more uh, better and exciting than like the post-code ones. Because the Hayes Code was kind of like this a moral. Like, Catholic code that um, made the movies pretty bad. Oh, I see. So it didn't really last. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. And then Most when you act- think about the Catholics in Hollywood, they're like Mel Gibson, right? They're like kind of... Oh my of, God. Uh, there's of loony. There's not a lot of... Um, not a, I, not there's, there, you could make a case that there's an anti-Catholic bias even in, in Hollywood. Yeah, a bit. Just, I think of like Chris Pratt being, and there's like kind of this evangelical... There's probably a lot of prots, yeah, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Which is a way to have a God normal in thing your to be life. In. Yeah, totally. It's accessible. I didn't really, because I, like you said, like couldn't imagine even not being Catholic. Yeah. For a, the longest time, I really thought I didn't really know about Protestantism. Yeah. And I just thought I was like, oh, Prots are just like Catholics who like don't want to have like beautiful churches. Kind of. <laughs> I was like, they just don't like how beautiful it is for some reason. So they want to do it this like kind of more salt and way plain way but that's not really what it is at all no uh... there's a lot of different protestant faiths too like i really like episcopal it's basically catholic except like women could be priests Mm. you could be gay and um they do it so similarly to catholicism that like i've been to like an episcopal mass maybe like a few times because it was near a place i was working and it was Mm -hmm. just the most easy place to go and I felt like I got it right away as like the same thing essentially. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like there's kind of a grad- gradation of like, there's a lot of different kind of Protestant well, this, ways. I mean, this also goes back to Vatican too. Okay. Because prior to Vatican two, I think Catholicism was very different, mm. and then Vatican two sort of made it more Protestant. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, um, 
something called like a joint declaration of faith that was like signed off on too (laughs) i'm a little fuzzy on the details but there's a lot of stuff like that kind of in vatican ii where for me and it's not a huge thing for me mm-hmm. i as an eastern catholic i'm kind of like it's none of my business what's going on with rome you know yeah i and mean that makes sense tons of catholics through time like didn't even know who the pope was and it didn't matter you know it just mattered that they were like i mean like prior to like mass media yeah you know, yeah prior to like, the 19th the 20th century was crazy exactly like i don't <laughs> you know really need to know what's happening in rome but right. um <laughs> For me, but you like, look at Vatican II and you kind of see something. Well, when like JP two did like the Saint Francis uh, prayer, uh, Saint Francis of Assisi prayer day, where he invited people from like all religions to like pray together, oh. which is very heretical, frankly. Mm. And like to see the Pope kind of be like, all religions are good. Mm. Um, as a practicing Catholic who's in communion with like saints and martyrs who died to be Catholic, you're kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's fine to not be, am I just retarded for being Catholic? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah like it feels invalidating or something. Yeah. 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 Um, I see that. So that's like the big beef in Catholicism, I think with Vatican II is that it was like the liberalization of the church. Right. Um, but that some people make the case that it like sort of had to do it. Because, because the culture of the, of the, the time. times. Um, but then on the more ex- like extreme end of the spectrum, there's like set of acantists who mm. think that like, Did, like none, of the, none of the popes post Vatican II have been valid, basically. Oh, I see. Well, then and they we, make points too. There's no valid pope. That doesn't no. make sense to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, I can understand how you could see a point in time as the end, I guess. They think it's, they sort of think it's end, yeah. end times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that the Pope is, is the, the anti-Pope. The um, anti-Pope. That's what they call him. Oh my gosh. That's re- really undermining the authority of the church. Well, that's why a lot of Catholics have a problem with it, but I, they make points as the yeah. thing is you're like, if you really look at, if you really think about it and if yeah. the Pope, like, because if you're a heretic, you're not a Catholic. And if the Pope is constantly doing heretical okay. stuff. Okay, it's like kind of flipped. Yeah. Where, yeah, I'm not the heretic <laughs> for going against the Pope. The Pope is the heretic for yeah. going against me. And we're the real Catholic. Right. Because we're part of this mystical church. Right. Right. The demystification mm-hmm. kind of like taking it away from. The church is a supernatural body. Agreed. Um, not like a building in rome called the the vatican you know yeah absolutely um okay yeah that's so that's where i could like the needle is right kind of like in my mind i'm like okay the church is deciding in the mid 20th century that like some things need to change due to culture and we want to try to keep people in the church and not alienate them or something and so we're going to make it more accessible or something, right? But, I don't know too but much. But yeah, but if Vatican II is saying that it's okay to be Protestant, then like by that logic, it's is basically it? okay. That's sort of the... That's what know, the, kind of the message is. That's kind of the messaging, yeah. Is it's like, that's the same God. Like, it's it's fine. It's interesting. Um, But by that kind of measure, I also think like mm-hmm. God understands if you're a set of acantas. Mm-hmm. You know? True. I don't see yeah. them as being like in no. schism or heretical. I think they they add to the richness of the church and like the needle is always going to be moving like in different directions. And it's good to have like corrective forces within a body who are like 
yeah, they're like autistic guys, but like how many saints were just autistic guys, you know? I'm sure Probably a ton. most of them. Yeah, it's hard and to like, say. We've needed the, we need, you know, they were either like they, they really schizophrenic go all women out. like St. Bernadette. Yeah. Or like. They're, they'll be autists, martyrs. Like, yeah. I mean, Joan of Arc was arguably a very like unpleasant, mm-hmm. autistic like girl. <laughs> you can't deny they. They thought things and saw things and acted on them and like people those that's an honorable thing to do. Yeah. It's yeah. a kind of genius to hold yourself like by a an ethical code in a real way, I think. And so few people do it. Yeah, we yeah, it's so few people do it. There's kind of like in my mind, like I think do you think there's a necessity for God? Like I need, do you need God? And in every think, moment of my life. Yeah. Do you think yeah. there's a necessity? Yeah. Because like, I find that people who, you know, are maybe just lightly affiliated with the religion from growing up and don't really practice mm. or have no affiliation at all. There's like a tendency to worship like secular idols, like uh, people, money. And, like production companies, mm-hmm. money, that seems your career your career marvel studios mm-hmm. like what else disney do, yeah disney going to your trek to disney k-pop k-pop exactly yeah exactly so there's like all of these like things that fill in the gap and that we would consider i guess secular but are at in their essence like religious mm-hmm. and it just seems perverted yeah yeah <laughs> and sad and people, it's so empty. And you're just like led down these paths of like, oh my God, I love Lord of the Rings so much. It's just giving me <laughs> purpose to watch it. But it's like, and like, I'm not as someone who's like, don't watch entertainment or like, don't show your kids TV or something. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, no, I get think, real. But yeah, fandom is probably a good uh, example of like spiritual desolation in our in our time yeah but at the same time things are so bad that it does at least some at least like at least people are having the ecstasy of of, of like some communal experience yeah at least yeah. it's something at least it's something and yeah and like i'm unsure but one of my theories is kind of like we're just we're still in this like ancient proto phase of like the newer kind of worship mm. mode of like forging new icons through you know our media like networks um and that the age of aquarius basically we're still on the such the early end of it and like a new jesus is going to be formed through mass media essentially but like right now it's like prototypicals like every like the celebrities we have are just like kind of well that sounds a lot like the antichrist the antichrist you know? it could be framed that way um the antichrist is coming he might already be here he might already be here <laughs> you know end times might, i don't know we don't know it's There's... always the end times it feels like yeah yeah i'm sure it feels that way <laughs> for me anyway i'm like okay is it really the end times or has it just always been the end times yeah is it a pre-apocalyptic or is it just did the world already end is it already apocalyptic yeah i think hard to say it's hard to say i think we are in a gray area in like eras that last millennia Mm -hmm. and that like because 
they're such these are like such big phases and we're like kind of entering diff- a new one that it's like our whole life will be in this phase probably like we'll never end you know we'll never i don't know yeah. i don't know if i've been making sense i really do think though that catholicism ultimately will triumph okay i think like you know jesus said when he gave the keys to peter on this rock i will found my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it and i think everything jesus said was true Mm -hmm. so i really think that like the gates of hell will never prevail and even if it seems like they might yeah like ultimately and that's why catholicism i think endures to this day that's why it is it's so powerful Mm. and it's in like kind of everything and it's going to ultimately like right triumphfulness yeah yeah there's goodness it's showing you like goodness will win yeah in the end or whatever yeah and i think people are returning or no one in new york i feel like really is but i yeah i think i think a lot of younger people are returning to 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 the faith um and that's because our times are so like chaotic right like the meaning that's outside of it it could drive you insane like, people are well, going to find that they can't trust any of these, like the media, these institutions, <laughs> right. you know, but maybe a lot of people won't realize that and they will end put up their faith right this. into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I see that happening mm. a lot. AI is very scary to me. It feels like a demonic mm-hmm. technology somehow that it's that and that is going to generate things in our like information ecosystem that are going to be very troubling i agree i am interested yeah how ai kind of replicates the world and reinforces it and the authority it kind of has have you used any of those like yeah i've I've made images with it i've it's it's interesting to me when i was playing around with like dolly or whatever i was putting in descriptions of images that i had made like in my films and like i was like okay. a suitcase full of like pill bottles and like Epstein like script fair. descriptions yeah like kind of like putting and seeing what like, oh, the AI, the ai would what generate interesting um and in in general it's what i find so kind of scary about the images is that they are like godless okay you know because they're not truly creative they're like generated algorithmically so they all have this they don't have style they can okay. like replicate they style, can replicate but there's style. nothing in them that is like inherent. Its own. It's not a person. Yeah, it can't. It's not going to be it's, able to like. Yeah, but it does seem like it is an amalgamation of what people have already depicted or spoken or written, right? I think it that probably is yeah reflective of something like the general unconscious. Yeah, that's kind of what's more scary about it to me. Like what it. Re- I think it's mm-hmm. very revealing. Mm. but i also see it as a good tool kind of because like you it's not it's a tool like it's not an autonomous force it is man-made and then used by people so like i sometimes like when i create like uh product descriptions or emails i'll like do it in an ai um like copywriter and it will like make it good grammar basically and rewrite it and like i find it collaborative kind of like a fun collaborative kind of tool i think that's a good perspective i think i'm very phobic of technology because i'm like 
That's how so- something's probably something in my chart that has to do with I don't know. With that, probably. I, you know, like I'm so like I can barely use the computer already. Sure. So the thought Did you ever of, learn to type? I can type. Okay. I did type. Yeah, I can use the computer. I just like because you're very online. I'm it's very like, online, but I didn't have like a laptop probably for like a decade. Sure. So I did it's everything like the home desktop through my phone or phone. Yeah. Um. So I get like okay, I'm never like different. I'm never like opening up my computer and like <laughs> opening r- sending some emails. You okay, know? got it. I really struggle even with like mm. sending an email sometimes. Okay. Um, so my parents are like that they're just like rich they put the wi-fi like my parents are basically 5g truthers they're like oh. we got to put the wi-fi in the basement to weaken the wi-fi signal i mean stuff like that i'm like you know there's something to that and they kind of just flat out rejected learning the computer and i was like you guys it'd be really beneficial if you weren't weren't like afraid or th- even just the thought that like oh i can never do this and then not trying yeah but i'm definitely technology oriented that's yeah it's just whatever it is yeah no i mean i I think that's that's yeah that uh, that is probably why i have fear about ai because i see it as this i'm just like (laughs) i don't know what this is i don't know how i don't know how to use these i'm not gonna know how to use these tools that are going to become so ubiquitous yeah that then i'll I'll sort of like fall out of pace with some aspect of reality so i have Mm -hmm. to be like hostile to it i think sure (laughs) sure yeah i guess yeah, I never really think about it, honestly. It's just part of your life. I'm just like, I mean, AI is happening, I guess. I'm just trying to, to like not care. but Yeah. Or it doesn't really make me think of God that much. It doesn't freak you out. It freaks me out in the sense that like it's recreating the world and through, through like specific biases, I guess, that are fed to it. And that seems like dangerous and can like reify certain mm-hmm. things about culture that like are bad i guess i don't know it's sort of totalitarian yeah in this way. yeah it's uh is it necessary i don't know <laughs> but it's happening it's happening there's nothing we can do yeah yeah and it's all really part of god's plan true i do think that um like basically i think like technology itself is an entity through which god is speaking to us mm. and like we are almost like being used by it sometimes instead of us i guess it goes both ways but like as much as we're using technology i also feel like we're being used by it to create almost like a new race almost of like a, of like different new biology basically uh-huh. that involves and I think a higher power is in charge is um is I think it's like <laughs> part of a higher power basically um yeah. mashing itself with us kind of. That's interesting. What do you think UFOs are? Do you have a definitive kind of <laughs> per- take on it? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like to me, Some I'm like okay. Can- there's unidentified flying objects. Okay. But we, what about people who like? Do you think it's like aliens? Kind of comes into play, I guess. With the that's my what kind of I mean. Theory, kind really of relates alien. to like, the what alien. Do you think alien. I think the alien isn't alien at all, and that it's like <laughs> interfacing with us in from another dimension, basically. Like I don't think aliens are coming from beyond to Earth. I think it's like almost like em- imminent, right? Or like transdimensional. Yeah, that's a popular like, kind of idea that yeah. sort of sounds like what you're describing. Like hyper UFO. objects. UFOs kind of. as technology that is like, yeah. 
communicating with us interdimensionally. Yeah. That is connected to... To some yeah. process that's unfolding. Some people think Marian apparitions are like UFOs. or What's like a, a Marian type, apparition? Like when someone sees a vision of, of okay. the Virgin Mary. Sure. Um, the last like major one was uh, in Fatima, mm. um, Portugal. Mm. Um, and that also plays into, into Vatican II and into the Cold War in a very interesting way. Like the things that Mary said mary mm. ba- the marian apparition in 1917 basically said that it would be end times okay and she had three secrets that she told these like three little portuguese children oh, wow. um and they never like the vatican never really released the third one. Oh my god um there's all this kind of conspiracy Ooh, about, about sister fun. lucy and stuff it's a it's a, yeah it's a good rabbit hole to go to go down um but some people think that the third secret um I had a priest at like a Latin SSPX mass tell me once that he knew um, the this man named Malachi Martin, who was an exorcist, okay. um, uh, who saw the third secret and that it said Kiev on it. And Malachi Martin um, said decades ago that Ukraine and Russia would be kind of um, instrumental in God's oh. plan, that like God had chosen this part of the world sort of um, Prophesied. for like- salvation basically oh gosh and now we're having a responsible for our conflicts there seems prophetic yeah yeah i have a couple more things i guess i just want to touch on real quick before Mm -hmm. we end that just came to my mind yes when i when we went to liturgy it's in it's a greek it was a greek church and you say theokos or theotokos theotokos and does that mean the the mary that's the mother of god yeah and so there's this emphasis on the worship of mother of of the mother of god or that she has a more divine position or something because is it not like that no i mean we say holy mary mother of god or i mean mary is venerated yeah Yeah. but it's not like every prayer mentions her kind of i feel like she is more yeah yeah, she's more worshipped i guess which i just and it's they use the name, this Greek word, which I can't Theotok- know what you want to say. Theotokos. Yeah. Which I was just unfamiliar with is all. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder, because I don't have that much experience even with Roman Catholicism. True. So I don't, I wonder why. I think there's a difference between the the, the worship of Mary um, in East and West. For Ma- Mary's major for us. Mary's also my patron saint. When oh, I got cool. When I got chrismated sort of i thought you know i would kind of choose a kind of esoteric like quirky sure like a niche one yeah but when my priest asked me like you know because your patron saint is sort of who you relate to who you really who you want to kind of emulate basically oh okay like what makes sense the qualities of this saint or is something do you you take mary as your new middle name like they do in roman catholic it says my chrismation certificate says dasha mary okay cool love that but I was chrismated or I was baptized Helena because my grandma thought that Daria, my name was too Greek because <laughs> okay. she was Roman Catholic. Oh, okay. But Helena is also a mad Greek name. So yeah, right. Helen. Um, oh, I'd like to plug my uh, Eastern Christian alt Instagram account. Oh, I didn't even know you had one. It's Helena Nyakrasawa. It's my like baptismal <laughs> name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Helena Nyakrasawa. <laughs> Nyak, it's oh, like it's spelled like really in crazy the, in a different, oh, okay if you just go and look at my followers and type in helena you'll see you'll, it okay cool <laughs> and it's a good follow i think because i really use that account to share the beauty of like oh the easter like i um 
will post icons about, and yeah images. icons and like things that i um prayers you, and stuff that i like in an eastern Catholicism oh oh cool i didn't know you had a god account too yeah. <laughs> love i'll follow but i and then speaking of chrismation i kind of wanted to get in the podcast about yeah so you, you did chrismation just this summer mm-hmm. and um your priest the homily at your chrismation kind of w- spoke on his conspiracy and the yeah. cons- and um can you speak on that a little he gave a really beautiful because i think you know because i part of the preparation like i said for chrismation was meeting with my priest you know um once a week and like you know talking to him about my faith which mm-hmm. i am a very conspiratorial person yeah i obviously spoke to him a lot about um well because i ended up going to my priest because of vatican ii and like the way the priest ordination rights were changed okay um in a way that they weren't changed in the eastern rights right um but when i he asked when he asked me why i came to church i was like because i'm slavic i was like for ethnic reasons um mm-hmm. so then later i had a later confession i was like i lied to you i like came here because i have all this anxiety about rome mm-hmm. um so we obviously had talked about you know all of that stuff and but he gave this beautiful homily at my chrismation yeah about conspiracy yeah where i felt like he was like dog whistling to me mm-hmm. um about how the real conspiracy is like between you and god and the word for conspiracy comes from like to breathe one breath like when you talk conspire to conspire means to breathe the same breath okay every time we're breathing we are like conspiring with god basically which is it was like it blew my mind oh my god it was amazing cool yeah (laughs) because you don't think of air as like living kind of or as cold it holds spirit air is everywhere and Mm -hmm. like it's invisible but the holy spirit the holy spirit yeah like it's that's cool to think of that that way and it's sort of grounded you know because i do have such a tendency to like spin out and like get really like paranoid and conspiratorial and like yeah something to hold on to yeah an idea so it was like i really heard him yeah you were like i don't need to be so like freaked out all the time mm-hmm. because the real conspiracy is the real between conspiracy you and god is like god is in control damn you know <laughs> <laughs> beautifully said oh yeah <sighs> so the new world order like yeah they're, they're gonna do their thing but like god's gonna do his thing that's right there's that's right in the end of the day, it's between you and God. And no matter what happens out there in the world around us or how crazy it gets or, you know, whatever happens, yeah. there's always, I guess, that at, at the end of the day, like, is, there's not really much more than that even, I would say. That matters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, life is so fragile and yeah. delicate and um, rare even and holy, so yeah so what else what else at the end like if you were taking your last breath you know like what else is there yeah i don't know my priest has done you know he really because i have such a melancholic temperament sure um he's really great about you know joy pilling me and being oh, that's like, nice. you know <laughs> yeah well you are ruled by jupiter traditionally and that is a pretty joyful planet honestly that's good um 
and it's like an expand planet of expansion and of like fortune honestly that's nice and um when i was looking at your chart i noticed it was in the sixth house of like routines and habits and management Mm -hmm. and it made me think like um finding joy in in routine routine. yeah and um the necessity of that for someone who's ruled by jupiter i think yeah (laughs) that really resonates for sure for me i guess like astrology and christianity don't well they go hand in hand for me catholics aren't supposed to practice astrology you know that right (laughs) i'm like on the front (laughs) i mean i don't yeah sure sure you're just you just say you're not supposed to yeah i don't that's i don't yeah it's not catholics can't do yoga Right, I know. I was kind of was going to ask you know about that? meditation. Like, do you meditate or do yoga? Like, no, no. no. I've done. I never even. I've done yoga. Sure, but didn't really particularly like it or vibe with it. Yeah, even when it I just, did. it's an Eastern spiritual practice. Yeah, yeah. It's like not Christian. It's not Christian. No, to and do to get in those poses and <laughs> like to say that stuff, you know. And it, yeah, yeah. So I don't do yoga. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess great. Um, and Pilates is way better anyway for you. And I like Pilates. Pilates it's is good just for me a better workout to like posture and yeah. lengthening. A nice like German guy or whatever made it up. Yeah, it's... I I barely exercise, but like I tried Pilates and I was like, Pilates is for me as like a skinny person. It's like makes the most sense and it's slow and kind of I like I like how methodical and systematic and like mellow it is. It's yeah, not it's not about like how many reps you do. High intensity. Yeah, yeah, and it really does strengthen your core, which I think is so. Um, it's important. Another fun autistic tidbit: Joseph Pilates. Um, <laughs> was in like some kind of uh, internment camp in the first world war oh um when like spanish influenza broke out okay a covid 17 as i call it Um, um and no one and he was developing his pilates system um and all of these and no one who did pilates got sick oh my god Mm -hmm. well exercise is a lot like religion i guess for a lot of people yeah and like diet i know you're really into diet and stuff i feel like there's a certain hand in handness like body is a temple and uh well you know am i that into dieting yeah yeah i mean mean, you're just interested in diets and fads yeah yeah Yeah. me too there's skincare trends like i'm skin cycling right now what's like the newest trend You do an acid one night or an exfoliant, and then the second night you do your tret or ret. Yeah. And then for two nights after, you just moisturize and recover. So Mm. it's like, and I've just, I'm on like maybe my third cycle and my skin is better. I just got microneedling done. That's why you might have noticed I have this bruising around my, I have makeup on on it. Oh, okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but it was very painful, and then like, I had a ton of bruising, and I was like, I didn't realize. I was I'm, like, this is supposed to be a non-invasive cosmetic procedure. Oh my god, I've never done micro needling, but I did do laser. Yeah, into that, and it, and I just had to recover for a long time. Uh, yeah, I w- I'm into all that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, I'm just tapped in and like I'll do the, <laughs> I'll do the trends basically. <laughs> I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, take your put your body through it. Okay, well. Before we end, I guess, was there anything you'd want to mention that we didn't really talk about? It's such a broad topic and you're so involved. That's just like feels like so much to say, Um, but I kind of went through everything I think that I really wanted to touch on. Sometimes I like to end the episode with like big questions like, 
is there a heaven or do you believe in the afterlife or anything like that? But we're kind uh, of kind of spent our time, I feel like. Yeah. And I'm pretty uniform basically on Catholic. Yeah, like you dogma. just follow. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't you don't stray from you obviously there's a heaven to you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a kingdom. There's a kingdom. In heaven and yeah. 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 Like just go look up what Catholicism is and then they could find out. <laughs> you could like find out exactly what you believe. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like go- Google it. It's online. Okay. Well, I haven't really thought of a sign off yet for the pod, but yeah. I was thinking like with you, maybe we could say see you in heaven. See you in heaven. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to link some stuff below that we mentioned that you could do further reading. Fun. And um, it was lovely speaking with you and getting thank your you perspective on things. So much for having me. This was great. Yes. Thanks again. See you in heaven. We'd like to take a moment to send out a prayer to everyone who's joined us at our angel tier and above. So if you can, please close your eyes and join us in praying for Elvis Vasquez, Allison White, Carson Reeves, Colin G, Jenna, Sarah, and Tyler Hill. Lord, hear our prayer. <laughs> 